Welcome back. End of the week. It is 4-22-22, Friday, episode 71. And I actually had no small talk for the beginning, which is rare, because I almost always have something written down for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with cars and just get that out of the way, because we only have two car things. And I've got some really fun, awesome stuff for you later. It's just Matt and I on today. It's all right. Thursdays are busy days. It happens. And... I want to start with the super simple one, which is just that something you and I'd mentioned off air, the new Mustang front end got leaked and you know, I'm a huge Mustang guy. I know you reluctantly drive one, which is really funny to me, but it's, it's interesting because we've watched the styling of cars go through a lot in the past 20 years or so. We had the early two thousands where everything kind of got either super square and made no sense or it was incredibly round and made no sense. There was really no sense to be made in the early 2000s. Then you get to like the 20, I like to, I think like 2010 to 12 was when things started making sense again. Everything kind of found its identity and we saw some really cool stuff happen all the way up until like 2018, 19. So good little 10, almost 10 year run. And the past few years, everything has begun to look exactly the same again. And I, I get into this a lot with almost every car guy. No one agrees with me. And I always say that I think the best era for cars on the planet was the last 10 years. Everybody disagrees with me and that's okay. You're allowed to. I think we saw more cool stuff come out of those 10 years, more inventions, more awesome vehicles than anywhere else in the history of automobiles. But we got out of that golden age. And I think we're kind of back into a slump where everything looks pretty much identical. All the muscle cars are shifting to look the same. All the trucks kind of look the same. Every flipping sedan on the road looks the same without a few little styling issues. It's just, I mean, and the electric SUVs are a plague upon humanity. But regardless, Matt, I'm glad you pointed out earlier. So the new Mustangs came out and they have gone back to kind of that boxy look. So I like that, but it's further proof that we're going into kind of another dead era of automobiles where all the styling is just going to look the same. It blows my mind that things are like all the same now because back in the day there was like a few different designers and they did pretty much all the cars. They were really good at it. The companies used them to design everything, but the cars looked totally different across the board. Now we have giant committees with tons of people that are planning it all out and they all look exactly the same. Somehow that switch happened and I don't know why either one occurs. You would think when one person does it, they would all be the same, but no, apparently when it's designed by committee, it looks exactly how everything else does. Oh, I can tell you exactly why. It's the over overuse of statistics, the overuse of marketing, that sort of thing. It's they just figured out what sells the most and they said, okay, well, this sells the most. Same thing happened with songs. I mean, we talk about like the music industry a lot too, is they figured out the whoop or whatever it is you call it. And it's just the same exact beaten rhythm over and over that they know everybody likes and everyone will sing along to because our brains are really not as smart as we make them out to be. I swear they did the exact same thing. All the large automobile manufacturers said, wait, we figured out the same style that sells the most and they just all copied it and made it all. Makes me sad. I wish there'd be more uh, originality in it. Like I feel like, like you said, nothing's really changed and become all that different. We've had some really cool cars come out. Yeah, but like, the styling that came out in the 70s was like unheard of. The styling that came out in the 90s again was totally different. Like we had these major changes, but now it's like you said, like nothing's really changed over this period of time. We've had massive economic or whatever else changes going on, but the cars all look the same. Right. On a happier note, I saw a Rivian RT1 two days ago, I want to say. Yeah, two days ago from when this is being recorded. And I kind of liked it. I. That was one of those companies we've kept up with because the, I mean, the, the mid to mid to large size electric truck market, I think is probably going to be one of the largest product types in America for the next, call it God, two decades. We love our trucks and we love efficiency and we don't love spending money. Well, we, do, we love spending money. We don't love spending money on things that don't materialistically improve our lives. So imagine having yourself a giant, awesome truck that can pull whatever you want and you pay an eighth of as much as you pay right now in gas and maintenance. That's the dream. And I, I think once people start discovering it and the sales pick up and they say, oh wait, it's actually not that bad that I'm not puffing black smoke. I really don't care as much as I thought I did. It's gonna be great. So I, I was pretty happy. The RT1 itself is not a big truck. It's definitely on the smaller side, maybe like a Chevy Colorado, but it looked decent. Uh, I was pretty impressed. I'd never seen one on the road before. 
Yeah, I still haven't seen one. I think they look pretty cool. And like I said, like you said, they definitely do have a place. Like those guys that are out there rolling coal with the big smokestacks coming out of them and all. Those cars are only so cool or trucks are only so cool when that's they have that along with all the power, the ability to tow everything, the fact that they're super fast off the line because they've got so much torque. You take that all away because some dude in a little electric car right next to him blows them out of the water, and it's like, okay, all it does is make smoke. Uh, maybe it's not as cool as it was as it used to be. Yeah, we like the sounds too, but your point is absolutely right, and I do agree with it. So that'll be good because I mean, we are, we've got Rivian. Um, what's the other? Nikola is kind of off the. Uh, they're kind of off at this point. Uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? There, there's one more, isn't there? Atlas. Atlas is going to be great. That's like they're billing themselves as the work truck of the future. Uh, Ford F-150 Lightning. What am I missing? I don't know. The I'm Hummer? super tied into the truck field. Oh, all right. That's fair. The Hummer and the Cybertruck, I guess, come out there. Well, other, I guess, worth touching on this because we've already gone there. We got an announcement today that apparently the Cybertruck is on track for production next year after it was revealed in 2019, three years ago, and was told that we were going to have it two years ago. So I'll believe it when I see it. I'm agreeing 100%. He'll, he'll delay it as much as he needs to get his other projects up and going. Yeah. This is like the largest stall project of all time, just to fund other stuff. <laughs> it's just to fund getting to Mars. <laughs> He's just following wherever the money kind of leads. He's feeding people what they need to hear and leading where the money goes to feed the major money generating projects once those up or are up and running he'll feed the smaller ones that aren't going to generate as much money he's smart and he knows what he's doing he is the animal spirits guys had a really good point earlier this week on their show uh ben ben carlson had said well look everyone's kind of one way or the other on Elon Musk. They're either one, he's the savior of the galaxy or two, my God, he's an awful human and needs to be stopped. And his take was really good. It was basically like, look, you're both overreacting. He's, he's done all these amazing things. I don't think anyone in the planet could say that they've done more awesome things to push us as a species forward as he has, but he is a troll. (laughs) There is no questioning. He is a total troll. (laughs) It's just ridiculous. I mean, he put an offer out on Twitter itself, and he made sure to include the number 420 in it. Like, it's just, he just doesn't take anything seriously, but that's kind of why people like him so much. It's, I thought it was a really fresh take on it. It was, look, you can, you can be amazed, but do take into account that he is, in fact, a nine-year-old child stuck in a genius's body. Yeah, I mean, he's just towing the line of supervillain. He just needs it. <laughs> if there's just a few more government agencies that tell him no on things that he wants to do, he's going to flip over to the supervillain thing. Because just like the Twitter thing, like if you won't let him in the door, he just kicks the door down. That's the Elon way. So (laughs) all it takes is a few more people saying no, and he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it my way. We are so blessed that his goal is to improve lives and not to destroy them. (laughs) I think we'd be in big trouble. (laughs) Imagine if Elon went into like military development for that type of stuff. That's a whole... We had electric tanks running out there. <laughs> oh, no, I, oh, no war, please. Please, little God, just give me really cool cars <laughs> and awesome food. Well, in other news, he did announce as Tesla uh, that they're going to be producing a robo-taxi with no steering wheel and no pedals by 2024. And they expect a ride in one of these robo-taxis to cost less than, quote, a subsidized bus ticket. So... This is this this one's always kind of a left turn because I know we talk about it a lot and I'm I'm in the camp I'm firmly in the camp that says autonomous driving is not going to be a mass it's not going to be a mass adopted thing before I die I really don't think so it just seems so far off and the technology is just not there in any way and our infrastructure is not there and the government regulations are not there and no, nothing makes sense for it at all. We don't like to live our lives that way. We like to have control of where we go. But I think a public transportation system with an automated driving piece where it's on a standard loop and it's easy to access and it doesn't really require a lot of mechanical creativity, that that could be possible. That has some teeth. Yeah, I agree with that portion, but I definitely think we'll have autonomous 
fleets of cars all going around by the time we die. I mean, even if the government doesn't meet the regulations to make it happen, I think the people that are trying to do this are going to find the loopholes, the workarounds, whatever it is to make it happen by the time we die. You're right. I probably shouldn't bet against human innovation. That has never gone well. I just, it just feels like, I mean, I've experienced autonomous technology in one Teslas, two Volvos, three BMWs, four Mercedes, like a bunch of different companies in the last few years. They all suck. Like they're, it's all horrible. And technology is exponential, so it's probably going to improve itself really quickly, but it's just bad right now, and it's not totally bad because of the technology. It's just bad because everyone else around you. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely there for, like, people will find a way to make it happen because one of the things I just saw the other day was, is, like, people are making ultralight drones for, like, doing videos and that type of thing. And the thing is, is the uh, FAA said that, like, they couldn't weigh more than 250 grams. For reference, that's about half a pound. Yeah, it's nothing. People are out here making drones that are half a pound with a GoPro camera on there to do all sorts of filming stuff just to avoid, like, having to register it with the FAA. And, like, if you can make a drone that small and that light, like, you can make a car that goes around whatever regulations the uh, the highway people have for it. I don't know what – I can't remember what that would be called. FHP or something like that? Or Highway yeah. Patrol? That's what I'm thinking of, but – Half a pound? How does it not get blown away? I don't know. It's got powerful little fans on there and a heavy... GoPro makes up most of the weight. I mean, they're they're talking about how, like, they literally cut apart GoPros so they weigh less. Like, the GoPro's down to, like, 30 grams or something. All it is is, like, it goes into the battery of the little drone to for the battery source, and the rest of it's just literally the camera part of it, essentially. There's not all the extra junk with speakers and such. That's wild. Yeah, don't bet against human innovation. It never goes well. It never goes well. Okay, I'm going to link that story, too, about the robo-taxi. It's a fun read. I think it's interesting. It's, even if none of this ever happens, it's fun to keep up with Elon's crazy takes and just the stuff that he comes up with. And it's kind of inspiring, too, because you look at it and you're like, huh, this, this dude's dreaming real big. Like, just ran, he, He'll just basically think of something and be like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And that, that should be inspiring to you. To think of something that you thought could never happen and say, oh, well, I'm just going to do this. And then figure out a way to do it. Spend enough time thinking about it that you can make those connections and make it happen. Okay. All right. So let's, we have one more car thing. Let's finish that one up so we can be done with cars and then we'll move on to other stuff. Okay. This is something that I just saw today. GM has applied for a patent for a full self-driving autonomous car that will be your next driving teacher. Essentially, the young trainee, the 15-year-old who's looking to get their uh, driver's license in a year or so, will hop in the car, the car will provide some sort of instruction, and then the trainee will drive, <laughs> and then the car determines how well the trainee did based off uh, what the car w- uh, thought was the best course of action for driving. This feels like a good use for that. I'm not a fan of this, like, (laughs) it just seems like we're putting them in, like, the kid can still do whatever they want with how they're driving it, and it seems like, I guess the car could take over at some point, but, I don't know, it seems sketch. Well, yeah, I, we kind of baby our drivers a lot with all our technology, I, so how I read this and how I listened to this was, it, it's going to kind of like grade you on how you're doing and it'll make its decisions based on that and probably report back. Is that right or wrong? Seems about right. Yes. That makes more sense because I, I mean, our driving tests are so easy. We've griped about this before, but there's also people that are being paid practically nothing to be there to judge it. And they just, they just don't, they don't give a damn to be frank with you. It doesn't matter to them at all. It doesn't, why would it? Like, they're not getting paid anything, and they're just stuck there dealing with some brat kids. So, move on, whatever. And that's probably why everyone sucks at driving, is it's so easy to get a driver's license. If it was a little bit harder, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But, I don't know. I think that's a cool use for the autonomous technology, because it's out of the way, for the most part. It's not in the middle of traffic. That and the semi-trucks, I think, is probably the other one. Like, I've been a big fan of, if we can automate deliveries of stuff, that makes lives easier. I agree. And this this totally does make sense of like taking a driver's test type thing. But the way it was pitched in the article made it sound like it's supposed to be like a learning tool. 
which I'm not sure exactly how that's going to work. And I don't know if I necessarily am comfortable with like 15 year olds out there behind the wheel of a car with only a robot to aid them. Like I'm much more uh, bullish on the fact that we'll have fully autonomous fleets than I am of this. Huh? I don't know. I'd be willing to bet the other way around, but oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Anything else on that one? Nope. That's about it. Cool. Let's go. Uh, I've got some cool entrepreneurship stuff. I want to pitch you an app idea. And but first, before we do that, I want to say that I think online reviews are broken. I think we like officially broke them, and it's it's time to have that conversation. They they're stupid. They don't make sense, and they've been hacked by the bots officially. So we all know we get the social media bots like every day. And they're unbelievable and they're making fake accounts and doing all this stuff and just trying to get you to do click things that you shouldn't be clicking on. It's horrible, but they have 100% infiltrated Google reviews and Facebook reviews. It's awful. I'll go on and I'll be looking up a company for something or other. I'll go on there and they'll have a five out of five star rating. And I'll say, oh, that's awesome. That's a great thing. And then I look at it and it's 26 reviews from scam bots that have gone on and said, Fred has made me so much money in the crypto industry. Reach out to Fred now. Click this link to get Fred's information, and he can be your new financial advisor. And I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like you've just you've ruined another facet of our lives just by. Uh, I, it's so frustrating to me. So I think we need to have an honest conversation about how reviews are an outdated thing, and they're now broken, and we have to fix the system somehow. Is this the next robocall about them trying to contact you about your car's auto insurance? I think so, because we already figured that one out. So, like, every, everyone pretty much knows about that, and we're all sick of it. Which, we talked about do not pay, right? I believe we did in the past. I know, I think I brought it up at one point, even. I, that's probably true. I've been meaning to look in on that. I, I pitch them to everyone who gets all these scam calls. Like, you look into their company. Do not pay one word. Uh, Google it if you want. I'll try to link it, but... It, they're essentially this really awesome startup law firm, and their entire goal is to sue the crap out of all the robocallers because most of them are breaking laws whenever they do that. And so, if you can just get a little bit of information from them, they'll pretty much give you the whole cash reward because they'll just they'll leave because they don't want to get in the middle of a lawsuit. So, you know, scrape a little bit of money off it and then get yourself off their list for forever. It's a great idea. So, seriously, if you have a problem with ro- robocallers, go look up Do Not Pay. I think if I remember right, they also started out helping people get out of like uh, parking tickets and stuff. That was like one of the major like things that was part of their repertoire. Yep, that's correct. Joshua Browder and I can't remember what his name's uh, of his partner. And um, yeah, I think they started in college, and it's it's just a kick-ass idea. It's like, hey, quit making everyone's lives harder. Let's just move on to things that matter and not worry about that. So they're doing they're doing a really good work over there. I like those guys a lot. I um, they have a great system. So. Okay, that's all I really had. I just wanted to gripe gripe about reviews and say that we need to fix that. I don't know how we're going to fix it. Maybe we can come up with something later on, but it needs to be fixed. Okay, I'm going to pitch you an app idea. Go for it. So, I think how we do the... I think the way that we do the traditional job finder app or any of those applications is completely backwards and wrong. Normally, whenever you go in and you're job hunting, you have to start by putting in what position you're actually trying to fill. From my experience in talking to people, it's a lot of my friends, a lot of just casual conversations over a beer or so, most people don't actually know what they want to do. They don't know what they want to do for work, with their lives. They don't know where they want to be. Everyone's a little indecisive. So why don't, why don't we work backwards? Why don't we figure out, take an app, says, hey, input information into our algorithm, the things and the activities that you are the most productive at, that you get the most energy from, that you enjoy doing, not Netflix, like actually putting things together. Like what if you have a woodworking hobby on the side? Put that in there too. And then the app itself will go out and search for opportunities of jobs that require you to do those things that make you happy. And it will find the opportunities for you and it'll probably be things that you've never even thought you could do. It'll say, instead of going in and saying, yes, I know that I want to be X, Y, Z, say, I, these three things are awesome to me. They're where I'm the happiest. That's how I want to live my life. It's what I want to produce. Put those in. It spits out where you need to go along with contact information. Reach out and pitch a job like that instead of, hey, here's where I went to college. Here's what I do. Say, no, here's what makes me happy. 
here's where I'll be the most productive and here's how I will be useful to you as a company owner. Doesn't matter where you went to school, doesn't matter what degree you have, none of that stuff. Let's put people where they're gonna be the most productive so we can produce more stuff for less. We even just need to improve the job sites, like do a little aptitude test with it. Because like you said, like you just put in what job do you want? And then you get only that one job. But I don't, like you said, most people don't know what they want to do or don't know what they can do. Because like me, if I wasn't in med school, I have a biology degree, which outside of working for like a state park or something, I don't know what I can do. I don't think I can do all that much. I feel like I need a PhD or master's or whatever else. So I would be in that same boat that you need to be able to put in like, okay, you put in what degree you have, what other job experience you have, and then you take a little aptitude test and be like, okay, do you want to be in like an industrial, an office or like a lab environment? And then like you kind of work through it with questions like this and it says, okay, these are all the job like titles that you may want to apply for. And then you can kind of expand from there and do like your whole theory of like, okay, well, these are my hobbies. This would best fit me in this scenario. You could take it even further. You could make it a lifestyle thing and say, hey, you probably don't even know where you want to be. Say, how close do you want to be to the mountains? How close do you want to be to the beach? What size city is perfect for you? What do you want in your city? Do you want to be in the inner city? Do you want to be in the outer city? And it would just have to be this, this algorithmic system that takes in all of these variables and is able to figure out exactly where we should be placing people. And I designed this and then all of a sudden thought, holy cow, the government would probably pay me a lot of money to do this. So I think we should get on this. It'd be perfect and it'd be even better to run it right out of high school. Yep. Not once you're out of college, you run out of high school. What do you like? It's just like simple. Like it doesn't ask you like broad questions. Like, would you like to like just like simple stuff? Like I was talking about like lab industrial or like office environment. And you ask these questions, you answer all of your things and it'll tell you, okay, well, these are the positions that you would probably want to apply for. And then you could click it and it'll tell you, well, this is your path forward. You need to either go to college or trade school or like you need to go get real job experience by doing this. Just get out in the field. It would be fantastic. Yep. I was going there next. I'm so glad you said it. We stop wasting people's time with things that don't matter. Plenty of folks that don't need to go to college that end up locking out other folks that may not be well enough off to afford college because they make college more expensive. A lot of people go through it get out and say, that was a really fun four years. I'm going to go do something entirely different from my degree that doesn't matter at all. Have you heard of the great resignation? Yes. So the great resignation is this phenomenon that they're calling the last two years or so where our generation in particular, which is the recently graduated from undergrad college, jumped into the workforce, quit their job in three months, got a new job, quit that job in three months, got a new job. And they've, we've done it like five times now. Like, and I, I've been at the same position for well over a year. I love where I am. I'm good to go. But a lot of people really just aren't staying in one place for more than six months. They're just hopping around like crazy. And so all of the older generations are incredibly quick to blame this on, well, you know, it's laziness, work ethic. I can't believe that you guys didn't grow up this way and all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, no, I, I, I think what's happening is we're all, we've all gotten a bit of a taste of, hey, where we get to watch people every day do what they love to do. I'm truly unhappy with what I'm doing. I'm going to keep changing around until I find what I'm happy doing. So to your point, being able to start down those paths early and figure out what makes you happy early can get you on the path to that position so that we don't have to waste so much time, so much productivity, get into this labor and supply shortage nonsense that we've got going on now because no one's working where they should be working. It's not that no one's working. It's that they're not working where they should be working. And we could avoid that whole issue by placing people where they're going to be the most productive, get things where they need to go. And I, I see a solution to a major problem that we're all feeling the issues of right now. Yeah. I also see it's a massive disservice that we get all the way through college with an ideal, a, a dream of what our job is going to be. And the person may be totally set on what that thing is, but they have no clue <laughs> about what it's actually like to be in that field until they finished and gotten that job. Like, I feel like you should almost like, of course, a lot of degrees offer you like, you have to get an internship in the end of your like degree path. But like, you should have like your first year of college, screw all of the dumb gen ed courses that waste our time, don't teach us anything that most people barely show up for. 
make it a full internship year, like set it up with local things in the field that you're getting a degree in. And there's plenty of positions in most fields, not all, but most where they need uneducated, unskilled labor, just someone like in the offices or whatever else doing scut work, basic things, put them out there doing that. And you rotate between different jobs in that field. And maybe you find, ah, these people are doing something really cool. That's what I want to do. Maybe you find out really quick that I really don't want to be there. These people all seem miserable. It doesn't seem as like idealistic as I thought it was. And then you switch degree and then maybe you do another intern year and something else, but it saves you a whole lot of time early on. Yeah, I got two points to that one. So the first one is I, you and I both definitely have friends that were, they, they knew what they were doing since high school. They knew, ex- they went into a field, did everything that they were supposed to do, got out of their undergrad degree, jumped in and realized, oh my God, I've never been more unhappy. This is not what I expected. This is not what I want to do. They lost all that time and the mental shock of realizing that what your life has been about has been wrong, that's a lot of damage to undo. That's pretty bad. So I totally agree. Second point to that, I think that that on-the-job experience and doing that grunt work and getting to be in the environment, see it around, I think that promotes maturity as well. I think that helps people grow up a little bit faster. I'm definitely willing to go out on a limb and say that our generation has not had to grow up as fast as a lot of the older ones have, and that's another problem we're having in the workforce is uh, I hate to, I just said I disagreed with it, but the lack of responsibility thing is is a bit of a piece and it's a deeper issue that doesn't just stop at that surface level. But it's, yeah, I, I just, when you think about the whole concept of entrepreneurship, which is solve problems and make money because you improve lives and solve problems, this seems like one of the best things for, like why this, everyone should be working on this. Yeah. And the great thing is, if you did this, the people come out with one year of experience in your field, which is almost on every single application that you apply for, even an entry-level thing. Yeah, It's, okay, now you've got some experience in the field. You look a lot better than everybody else that didn't. And it's, we kind of get this problem where we've got the recruiters, and we both, again, know a couple of recruiters, and I've talked to them about this. The recruiters aren't able to find people for jobs because they're going off of very specific metrics. They have to go off those metrics and hunt basically off market to find people that may work for opportunities based on personality. They're having to get real creative and do this as individuals, and it's an inefficient way of doing it. Let's have an algorithm do it instead and then save some of the recruiters time. Then they can still make the money off doing the placement because they'll just get into contact after. It's, I don't know, it just, it just seems like it seems like there's some there's some real teeth to this one and we should do it i can't believe that recruiters are still a thing i feel like our technology would replace them so fast and like the fact that we have internet it's so easy to like go and find people the only thing that recruiters really do is like you said is they go and essentially cold call people that are already employed and say hey would you like to be employed somewhere else like my dad gets these calls all the time like hey you have so much experience in this field how would you like to come do this here for this amount of money and it's like Unless you're offering some grandiose funds to do so, I don't think most people are going to change their happy-ish where they're at. Do you think those cold calls from recruiters have paid a, a portion of the great resignation? No, because they don't think they're calling us young people. That's a good point. They're, I don't have any I numbers like behind it. I'm just curious. They're calling like the 40 and 50-year-old people that have 20, 30-plus years of experience in the field know exactly what they're doing. They have the right college degree, all that type of stuff. They're not calling a 20 year old that has been to five different jobs in the past two years. Okay. So that makes sense. That, that, all right. That I think plays into my point though, which is that they go based on metrics and we search for jobs based on metrics, just the same way they search for us based on metrics. And if, if both parties are searching for the wrong thing, the puzzle piece will never connect itself. It's just, it's, um, oh gosh, there's a word for it. Uh, it's like lost in translation, something like that, but it's not the right word. You get what I'm saying. I do get what you're saying. Okay. I don't know. I, I think that that's such an interesting topic. I'm going to put some thought into it because I actually do think that that's going to be the future of how we, I call it the golden question. I just wrote an article about it. It's actually going to be released whenever this is released tomorrow. But uh, I, you know, you've heard of the golden rule, which is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I think that's all well and good, but I think the more important is the golden question, which is, we live in a world with very limited resources and we have unlimited wants. How do we how do we divide up those limited resources in a way that everyone can have the most possible 
in, in an efficient way in which we get what we earn and without as much waste as possible. And that's, that's a very long way of saying the question. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a perfect way to do it. And I think if there we isn't. even, because obviously in this ideal world, everybody's doing exactly what they want and the resources also make everything happen like we need for everything to happen in the world. And I, I don't think those line up. No, I totally agree. But there's far too many people that want to get paid to stream video games. Right, right. We have an infinite amount of streamers. We have an infinite amount of tech startups that don't make a lot of sense. And we've got we <laughs> we got more insurance salesmen than we need. I can tell you that right now. We let's take some of those insurance salesmen and make them truck drivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need truck drivers. But all right, Dude, being a truck driver may pay more than an insurance guy right now. I was thinking about that, and I think a lot. I think people would enjoy it too if we just kind of reframe the career and make it a little bit. Because right now it's still a it's still an industrial era, down and dirty job. But I think that's a career path that could be reframed really easily to be kind of sexy. Travel all the time. You love driving. With all the new technology, those trucks are not as difficult to drive as they used to be. And God, they're going to be self-driving at some point. You could be prepared for that, and your job would be more about handling the logistics. You'd have more responsibilities. It wouldn't be that you're, you know, just Billy Bob, the truck driver, with you know, the overalls on and all that. You'd, you'd be, like, a very important, awesome operator of a high-tech machine with a lot of responsibility who gets to travel on his or her job. I think, I think we could reframe it into a really good thing. I don't know if it'll actually fix the issue though i mean that's like when you apply for a job at a company it says sanitation engineer and then you find out <laughs> you're a janitor like okay like <laughs> don't think it really fixed anything you got a fancy title you worded it really well but it, it i don't know if it really changed that much you're right i don't mean just selling it on paper i mean actually ref- I, like actually changing the career itself to be better so that it, there's more support for it and that it itself is a more more enjoyable thing to do with more rewards. Yeah. I mean, that's like, we talked about this in the past and it was like, as they become more autonomous, they're not going to need a driver. They're going to need someone that is part mechanic, part tech guru, someone who can fix and do all the diagnostics on these autonomous trucks and be able to do it out in the field necessarily because like it, you're not always close to one of the repair centers for like Nikola or Rivian, whatever, or Tesla. So they'd be able to do this stuff out in the field. And so that's what that person would be. That In that case, they would be a much more glamorous version of Billy Bob the truck driver. Right. And you definitely need to get started on that path a little bit early to make sure that you have the proper education, the proper knowledge. And the way that you're going to know that you're going to need to start that early is by using our app. <laughs> I got you there. I saw your face. <laughs> you did give me. You got me. Thank Fair you. enough. Okay. All right. I, I think we talked that one to death. Let's do, um, we got two more. We'll do Be Real and we'll do Netflix and then we can call it for the weekend. How's that sound? Sounds good. Beautiful. All right, so let's do the less fun one. Just So there's a new TikTok on the block and I'm sure if you're under the age of, ooh, I don't want to offend anybody here. Um, 70, let's call, it, let's call it 70. I think at that point, that's a pretty safe number. You've heard of TikTok. It is... The new super short form video, just be as bright and glamorous and get as many clicks as possible and try to teach people stuff. And it, it's, I'm, I'm actually making it sound better than it is. I think it's a horrible app. And it is, the company itself, besides the American subsidiary, is entirely controlled by the Chinese government. I think everyone should understand that, that when you click that little agree thing, you do sign your life away. But it is not my problem. So regardless, uh, it is an app that I disagree with a lot. I think it is. It encourages people to put out the same content over and over and to follow trends, to not create new things. And it's created a lot of young, young millionaires who are just absolutely doing nothing. It has enabled a lot of great products to be created. There are good things that have come out of it. It has, I dare I say, brought people together culturally on some things. Uh, I don't have great examples on that, but it, it does seem that references are good for society when someone could say oh you've seen that video that reminds us when we had vine back in our day where it'd be like oh you've seen this vine and then we can all laugh together and laughing together brings us closer together and it's better if we're closer together so where i'm going with this is there's a new tiktok 
type of short form video app called Be Real, one word. It's a French app, recently came out. And I my first thought, I read about it. I'm gonna I'll tag the website so you can get your own thoughts. Matt, I know we talked about it off air, but I was like, oh baby, like talk about if you thought the old social media was kind of dystopian and mind control and backwards, what do you hear about this one? So you know what it is, right? Yes, I do, unfortunately. So why don't you why don't you pitch it? I've been talking for a while. Okay, so Be Real is this app that basically every day you get a notification at a seemingly seemingly random time, and then you have an allotted period after that to post a photo. I don't know exactly how long it is, but it's a short period of time that you have to post a photo. Not a long time that you have enough time to go get glamorous and pretty or take a cute photo with a good background. It's two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, so you get two minutes. And so the whole point of it is that everybody is posting every single day what they actually look like. But what it means is, is everybody's on this app every single day, always posting, always looking at everybody else's junk. Your feed is never dry or boring. There's always something on there. But it means you're always on an app. Yep. The selling point was, hey, traditional social media makes it look like everyone's lives are better than everyone else's, and that's unhealthy. Let's create an app where we empower people to just do, to just post whatever they're doing. And so we're going to end up with a lot of couch selfies and a lot of just pictures of your feet while you're walking down the street because it's at a random time, you don't have time to prepare. But I, whether this was intended or not, the, the consequence of this is that you're, you're training your brain to respond to a ding, which you don't ever want to do, which is why a lot of people take off notifications of their phone, stuff like that, especially if they're not working. You don't want to rewire your brain to respond to a ding. It's bad or a vibration. It's it's really unhealthy. So this is this is literally kind of rewiring you to always be ready for the ding and to always be posting and uploading exactly as you said and just be on the thing. I'm sure they had good intentions doing this, but I mean, holy cow, like I just talk about a new way of getting everyone sucked into their phones more. So what you're saying is, and what I got out of that long statement was <laughs> that there's going to be a much higher supply of feet picks driving the price down. I think, I think you might be onto something. <laughs> I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, I think OnlyFans is going to have some problems off this. <laughs> uh, the market economics of feet picks and social media. <laughs> <laughs> An essay by John Cole and Matt Brown. <laughs> that, that'll be my major research publication right there. And that get me into a good residency. We'll, we'll co-write a substack on it. That'll be hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah, funny. What, what I see out of all this, I mean, I'm not a fan of Be Real, but I see a perfect opportunity for an app in here. And like you talked about, it was great. TikTok's been a great platform for a lot of small companies and all. And they put their products out there and they've blown up. Why not make a pure like pitch talk where you have your minute long or whatever that each video is and it's only for people pitching companies or products or whatever. So you've got a new product out there that you're trying to get to market. And all the people, of course, I love going on there and when I had it to see all these products and like see what's new and like you can select your fields like you like tech or household stuff, whatever it may be, cooking things whatever, and you go on there and you can scroll through and you can see, oh, that's really cool. And then it's formatted such that it directly links you to their sales page, the Amazon link, whatever it is. I feel like that wouldn't be such a bad thing. I also feel like people aren't going to grind as much time through it at the end of the day. I love this idea. So this is a, this is a, a triangular app in which you're connecting three different types of people. You're connecting entrepreneurs, VCs, which is venture capitalists who want to invest and then you're also just connecting normal consumers who want to see really cool inventions and probably purchase them. It's it's like a combination of, uh, say, like Etsy, LinkedIn, and TikTok all in one. Yes. That's such a that has to exist. There's no way. It's such a good idea. <laughs> Why don't we do this? Maybe that's my million dollar <laughs> idea right there, John. There's no way. There's this is the second this gets posted, I'm gonna get an ad for something like this because I know my computer's been listening to me this whole time. This this has to exist. I mean, I follow all those dudes on Twitter and they're all trying to do stuff like this. They're all about community and bringing everyone together. And this is so right up their alley. I, I'm gonna go pitch Greg Eisenberg on this. This is a great idea. I haven't seen it. 
I'd love to see it. If it's already out there, I would join it immediately. But I haven't seen it, and that's why I say this. I'm going to take a look. So I, it's kind of like Fiverr as well, but like not super nerdy. Yeah. Hmm. It's like Product Hunt meets TikTok, if you have Product Hunt like I do. Yeah. Then like, yeah, it just kind of showcases like these are new apps and like technology or whatever else. You could showcase anything. As long as you have a product of some sort, whether it be software or whatever, you could showcase it on here. Super easy. We just have to regulate it somehow because there's going to be a lot of spam. And I think you're probably not allowed to post if you're a consumer or, oh no, you probably, you should be able to post if you're a VC, but not if you're a consumer. If you're a VC, you should be pitching, hey, here's what we're looking for. Here's the amount of capital we usually give. Uh, come pitch us. Here's what our office looks like. We want to help. We want to be a part of it. If you've got a product, uh, it's, hey, here's my product. Uh, keep up with me on my journey of building this. And if you're a consumer, you probably don't get to post because I think that would just oversaturate it and turn it into traditional social media, right? So you've, you've got to verify somehow that like you have some sort of product or whatever to get it out there. And then like, obviously make an easy report thing. This isn't for a product or whatever. Boop, it's gone. Yeah, spam and then you just generate revenue based off people that want to put sponsored pitch talks up there. So that way they're higher in everybody's feed. So that way, okay, like you, you know, your product's good. You feel like you got to get it out there to more people. You pay however much and it shows up on more people's things in like a selected area or whatever, kind of like targeting Facebook ads. I would try to work out an agreement with the VCs as if we were running this app, I would say whenever you sign on and you sign on as a VC, there's obviously ways around this because it's the internet and there's, there's so many ways to get around it. But in, in a nutshell, I would basically have in our terms that you have to sign on to use the platform, uh, like a short form contract that says, hey, if you end up connecting with and investing in uh, one of these companies, we make a small percentage of the investment you put in and on, and we also make a small percentage of exit, which is us betting on that you're gonna make good decisions and us getting the reward for you connecting with your next million dollar prospect. Wait, you just do it like a referral code. All the links that are on the site that redirect you to the person's Etsy page, personal sales site, product site, whatever else, they're tied to the app. We get a small fee. It doesn't have to be a lot because you're going to, if you have a lot of flow, you don't have to have a huge fee here, but you get a referral fee, just like all the people that uh, use Matt B15 to get 15% off at checkout. Well, that also gets that person a certain amount of money. Same thing. It's just inherently tied into the coding. Yeah. I like that. This, I hate to be that guy. This feels like something web three could solve. It definitely does. It does. I, I feel like I'm saying that more and more. I, I think the job thing, the algorithm job thing could be solved by Web3 stuff too. Blockchain would be useful there. Blockchain would be very, very useful here because it would allow, it would keep it would keep a record of the transactions and it would just make it better. Uh, so many juicy ideas today. <laughs> I need to write these down before I forget. We've got work to do. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. We're coming up on, let's do our last one and wrap it. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. So I'm sure you've heard Netflix had big old stock market price crash, uh, this past week or so Bill Ackman got his ass kicked, uh, which everyone on Twitter was making fun of. Uh, never met Bill. Don't know if he's a good guy or not, but he's a, he's a big old private equity guy with a whole lot of money and he lost like $400 million on this or something like that. So that was uh, it sounds pretty painful. That's probably going to be recorded as his worst day of all time. Yeah, I'd say so with a number that big. <laughs> yep. And I so the reason that all this happened was Netflix came on for their quarterly earnings call and they said, guys, we're in trouble. We've lost 200,000 subscribers this past quarter. And everyone, you know, the investors are like, oh, no, what are you doing to fix this? And they said, well, to fix it, we're going to put ads in. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> now we really don't want a Netflix account. And they said, no, wait, 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 wait. I promise it gets better. I promise. We're going to fix this. You know what we're going to do? We're going to crack down on people sharing accounts. And everyone's like, well, now we really don't want to be on Netflix. <laughs> Dan Toomey, the chief meme officer of uh, The Morning Brew, did the funniest video for this. If you follow them on Instagram, go see if you can find it. It was pretty recent. Holy cow, it was really funny. Um, they just... They just shot themselves in the foot and then looked. It was it's the um, the Eric Andre show meme where he, he turns around and he, he shoots the guy like three times sitting in the chair and 
He looks around and he says, I can't believe this has happened. <laughs> yeah, their solution for shooting themselves in one foot was to shoot themselves in the other. And they're like, ah, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the, what was the other meme we had where the guy's riding the bike and uh, things are going really well. And he sticks a stick through the spokes of the front of the bike and then falls on his face and says, oh, my God, someone screwed me over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Netflix on its own isn't that great. If you look at their, like, main box office movies and that type stuff, they don't get that much. HBO Max has got those on lock. If you're looking for most TV shows that are out right now, Hulu or YouTube TV is fantastic, except for the fact you got ads, but you can skip through them. If they can figure out how to filter out the ads on YouTube TV on stuff you recorded, that would make that solid. The Netflix originals are the only thing that I think that keeps people around for the most part. And there's a few, but they're not a great, they're not enough to keep me on it. If I was the one paying for my Netflix account, which I'm not, thanks dad, um, <laughs> I would be unsubscribing. I was tempted to get rid of mine. Netflix is a little lost puppy right now. Hulu has its niche and it also comes with a Spotify account. Usually sometimes it's awesome and Spotify is great. Thank you, Anchor, which we're recording this on. Love you. Uh, YouTube TV again they have their niche too because they've got all the sports channels so they've got that locked down Disney Plus 100% has a niche if only because Disney itself is a cult and they're never going to lose money on that because people are so bought into it HBO Max exactly what you said they've got the best movies by far and they've got a bunch of TV shows that everyone really wants to watch but you can only get them on HBO Max because they were quick off the line and snapped them up Paramount Plus is even coming up Netflix used to be the shit. I mean, it was like that was what everyone had. No one could compete with the giant. And then the big boys got involved and took them down. So they, again, Little Lost Puppy is what it feels like. They they need to kind of rebrand themselves. And I'm calling it right now, prime, prime time for a merger and acquisition. A lot of the guys on Twitter were talking about this. So this is not my original idea, but I believe in it 100%. It just makes sense. Whether they buy someone else with their reserve cash, raise more debt and do it, or they merge with something bigger, or they get acquired by some massive... I mean, there's enough streaming platforms now that if we lose one, it's not going to create a monopoly. I'd love to see a, a couple different streaming platforms combined. That's what we need. The whole point of everything about this was that, okay, we don't have cable not paying this much well what we ended up doing is paying just as much if not more to have all the different streaming services as they've grown and like all separated and they all took their individual rights for their tv shows back well i'd love to see netflix combined with one of those like okay netflix really doesn't have a niche right now maybe i mean their originals are fairly decent maybe they combine with another one that has fairly decent originals and that's what netflix does they're just putting out original tv shows and the other streaming service deals with what's currently out there and that type of thing that makes sense but yeah love to see them combine for a reasonable price yeah or you combine with one of the big movie studios and say hey we're just we're only from now on going to either list a couple shows that we know you guys love or we're only going to make new movies and shows under this production company and we will use their funding, let them take the risk, and then we get the reward. Yeah, I'm down for that. I think it makes I like sense. It. I said Disney, I think, is a I think they're a prime candidate for something like this. Disney is notorious for this. They just they see the competition. Second the competition starts bleeding a little bit, they bash it over the head and they're like, You're mine. And then they drag it off and eat it in the woods. It's just what they do. They're a hydra and they eat everything. Or, total left turn, I think one of the cable companies might make a bid. It'd be good for them to get out of the field they're in. I think the cable companies are bleeding money right now and they need a way out. It'd be perfect for them. With the Disney thing, I feel it could be great because Disney, even with them having Marvel and having Star Wars, they do pretty good at avoiding dark, bloody, somewhat scary things. Because Marvel and uh, Star Wars kind of don't have those as much. I mean, they have lightsaber fights and superhero fights, but it's not quite as bloody and gory as some of the other stuff that's on Netflix. They had Netflix, that would be a perfect arm for them to do all of those type things uh, outside of their typical studios, which would be perfect. All right. 
Bob Iger, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but if you are, buy Netflix and call it Disney After Dark. <laughs> I dig it. And I want some credit. So I think you're right. I, I actually don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't looked at any of the financials, but I'm sure the cable companies are losing money. They have to. There's just no way they're not. But they have to be self they if they're not, I'm blown away, but they have to be self-aware enough to know that their time is gone and they are a relic of the past. And this is like, this is like your way out. This is, hey, no one's going to blame you. If you do this, if you do this little merger and you kind of get out and you're Comcast and you're like, all right, we've, we've, we know everyone hates us. We're going to do this and now everyone's going to hate us a lot less because we basically bowed out and said, look, we get that we suck. Uh, we're going to work on being better without totally capitulating. I think there's an opportunity there. I could see them merging immediately at that point. They file bankruptcy and they liquidate all of the old cable company shit that they don't need. Yeah. That covers bankruptcy. And they fund everything into making Netflix good. And then it's a total profit play. Yep. And they come out for it for the better. I love it. I, absolutely I mean, I'm not super big on bankruptcy law. I don't know these type things. Your dad will probably correct me, but... I have no idea. <laughs> from someone who doesn't know much, that would make sense to me. I mean, that's kind of like what stores do. Like Winn-Dixie, when they... If you're in the South, you know about Winn-Dixie. They had a bunch of unprofitable stores. Well, they filed bankruptcy, sold off all the unprofitable stores, funneled it into the more profitable ones and making new ones in areas that will generate uh, better profit margins. That's a smart way to do it. I mean, if you... If you have a, a portion of your business that's not making money, you might as well cut it and get what you can out of it. Or use it for tax loss, but whatever. But I don't want to go too deep, too deep down into that hole. Yep. All right. I, If I'm not mistaken, I think that's going to wrap us up, doesn't it? I think that does. I don't think we got anything else. Yeah, that was great. So we had like $3 million ideas here. So if anyone wants to do that, hit us up at submissions.feelgoodfinance.gmail.com. And I would just love to work on some of this. But otherwise, I'm going to try to work on it with you and our chief of technology. So, uh, yeah. all righty. Have Don't a- steal my ideas. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to listen to steal. So keep keep tuning in. We enjoy it. We always have a good time. But all right. Have an awesome weekend. We'll see you when we see you. See you when we see you.